Welcome to the Red Dirt Nation podcast. My name is Warren Crank and I'm here with Vicky Williams and we're going to have a chat today about some pretty interesting things about her spirituality and some of the things that are going on in her life and her world. And Vicky, it'd be just great if you can introduce yourself. Yeah, name's Vicky Williams. Um, born and bred in Brisbane. Um, moved on to Acreage when I was a teenager and did some organic farming with my dad and raised chickens and then yeah moved off to the army when I was 17. 17 oh so that's an early start and that took you to Townsville as I understand at some point. Yeah so states New southern states for training and my first posting and then up to Townsville for seven years. Cool and along the way you met uh, a fellow called Billy and um, tell me a little about, a bit about your, you and your family situation. Yeah, so Billy and I met um, when we weren't Christians and then um, sort of journeyed together and um, sort of stumbled across that. So we had three kids together uh, who are now 20, 18 and nearly 16. Um, and we moved back to Brisbane after um, I finished my posting up there and we were pregnant. So we decided to come south closer to family. Okay, so they landed in Brizzy, which is where we're talking uh, together now. Now, along the way, you've met people who've um, had a big influence on your life, and uh, it'd be good to hear a little bit about uh, at least one of those people that have sort of shaped up the way that you think about some important things. Yeah, so I mentioned a little bit about my dad. So my dad grew up farming, and so he sort of was trying to teach me as much as he could on a on a small acreage block and so I sort of I sort of left my family with a real love for the earth and especially animals I've always been crazy about animals as a joke that you know I'd walk down the street and animals would fall out of trees to be rescued by me so I um you know I sort of always had this love of the earth um but I think when I heard the gospel and became a Christian I I sort of felt God say I needed to leave some things behind. And, and one of those things, unfortunately, was um, my connection with the earth. I wasn't sort of sure how to bring that forward. So it wasn't until I'd heard Uncle Graham speak, who had actually heard his mother say this in a church service. She said that God is her father and the earth is her mother. And in that instant, I just I felt permission from God to um, rekindle that spark and um, and to bring that part of me that I'd left behind and and hadn't known what to do with it and partly because I hadn't heard anybody talk about um, the earth and how that fits into Christian theology and and I'd been told that I had a new age spirituality before I became a Christian so I was I was just trying to be loyal and not um, you know not bring things forward that you know God wasn't happy with. That's so good. Uh, so Uncle Graham's mum had had an impact there, and it's very good for us to explore this idea. I think Vicky has such a such an important um, reflection on the the way that the Earth is so important for humanity, for us as individuals, and um, and so we're going to sort of explore that a little bit together in this particular podcast. So, with the idea of the Earth being mother, what what sort of um, what thoughts and feelings does that bring out in you? So when I heard that, I think um, God just became so much bigger for me. I had always connected with him from a very young child um, with the creator. 
um, through nature. So it 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 just opened up who he was to me. I, it made me not doubt, you know, when that animal looked you in the eye and loved you, you know, that that was God. And whereas before I'd sort of not allowed myself to think that. I babysit a uh, dash hound yesterday. And yeah, the look of uh, the love in that little dog's eyes, it, it does connect with us. And I, I often wonder about how animals actually do look you in the eye, how, how that happens and and why that's so important. So I've been thinking about this interview with Vicky, looking forward to it. And one of the things I've been thinking is just reflecting on Genesis theology, really about the fact that, you know, people are created from the ground and there's that sort of connection that we have with the earth. I, I've been a Christian pastor for a lot of years, so there's the, um, the the committal that you say at a funeral, earth to earth and ashes to ashes. The idea that that we are we are of the earth in so many ways, and and also our sustainability that our life is supported by the earth. So even though God our Father is overall, there's definitely a more vital connection. Uh, with this planet than probably I've thought about too much. Vicky, just explore some more of those thoughts from your perspective. Mm. Yeah, so I, you know, previously I've thought of God um, in the heavens and then something shifted and um, I really connect now with the earth. And that that is because of Aboriginal people for the last, you know, 24 years I've hung out in Aboriginal communities, uh, both in Townsville and in Brisbane and out in the Tanami Desert and, uh, just just how they are one with the earth and and sometimes people might say that's um, not in line with um, Christian beliefs but I, I actually think it's just a such a deep connection that all of all people would have had once upon a time but you know we've sort of lost along the way with the in different revolutions that have happened um, yeah yeah no that, that's true I, I actually thought about a couple of Bible passages, for example, from the book of Numbers, how, how the earth, the land, the Bible says, was polluted by violence. So, you know, the, the actions of people had a tainting effect on the land. This is from, I guess, God's perspective from what the Bible says in Second Chronicles 7 to 14. It talks about how the land can actually be healed and how people have a role in the healing of the land. So th- these things actually do occur in the Bible and very often perhaps because of my own Western industrialized mindset, I don't think deeply enough and reflect deeply enough on actually what the Bible does unlock as far as this is concerned. Do you got any thoughts about that, Vicky? Yeah, definitely. We, um, like Francis of Assisi is one of my um, mentors and just how he was, um, you know, God, he heard God say, go and, you know, heal the heal your church and and part of that for him was actually reconnecting with nature and with the earth and um there's many others um i'm a newborn in this area but there's many other people of the faith that have um gone before me and are still uh, walking that path who are really trying to help people to reconnect um their spirituality with what is which already has god's spirit in it um because he's made everything and yeah, I think it's really important. And, and we have a place, our small community uh, that I hang around with. Um, we have a 40-acre property that we're using regenerative farming and agriculture and biodynamics and permaculture, all different ways that um, that you can actually help heal the land. And, and we actually think that the land 
um, mimics our own healing and so it's sometimes slower and um, you know not as fast as we'd like it but um, yeah both are, are very very much connected and sometimes the spiritual realm you can't sort of see see things happen quite as quick but when you look at the land and you can see um, Gunima Mother Earth um, being given the opportunity to heal herself um, it definitely you know is is really encouraging that is so good I've been influenced a little bit by Celtic spirituality which is a very earthy very grounded way of mm. of uh, understanding God's um, role as creator and sustainer of all things so those themes are, are very important and they're coming through Uncle Graham has written a chapter in a book called um, Aboriginal Spirituality and this is what he wrote Aboriginal cosmology is the theory that brings Aboriginal society and creation together and gives purpose, function, and wholeness to our coexistence. Great language that he uses. Traditional Aboriginal people moved from an acknowledgement of the creation mythology to an interaction and a relationship with it. And I think that last little phrase is really cool. The idea that many of us probably think of a higher power or perhaps uh, we have a, a name for God that we use that we sort of think, well, okay, probably isn't a big accident. There might be a mind behind it and a purpose. But I love how Uncle Graham talks about the fact that there's now moving from that notion to the idea that actually there's a relationship here that we have. There's a, a coexistence that we have and an interaction that's very important with, with the earth. So how would you, so how do you embody that, I suppose, in your own life and spirituality? Yeah, well, a bit of uh, the Franciscan tradition through Francis, he, he said, you know, brother moon, sister sun, and, you know, I feel that about the earth. It It is my, she is my sister, and, um, you know, I treat her with respect and love, and, um, you know, it's what we all have in common. Uh, we all walk on this earth. We all are going to need this earth to survive, and, um, again, I definitely my relationship has changed with the earth i you know it's not a commodity it's not something that i i want to use up i want to i want to um work with the earth and 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 be sustainable have something for the future generations and and teach as well because i think it's really important we have um, amazing aboriginal culture and heritage to to look to 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 see how we can care for the planet and care for this country and especially and um, yeah, I think it's it's really wise to to look to that for guidance. And you're talk, doing more than just theorizing about this um, out at Bethel, this forty-acre property. There is practice that happens in this area. So tell us about some of the things that you're doing that might be regenerative or um, or making that connection real. When we got the property, it it had been a children's home from the fifties to the eighties, and so if something had always been grown there, whether it was hay or food for different animals. Um, and then since then, other organizations have kind of leased it. So something has always been taken from Bethel. And we really felt when we got there, it was time for us as a community to rest and heal, but also for Bethel to heal as well. And so uh, we've had a time where we took animals off the place and let it totally heal. Uh, we have um, some animals back on the place. Um, but for a regenerative type purpose. So we have horse and a cow and lots of chickens, guinea fowls, and there'll be more when the fences are fixed a little bit better. But we're doing, uh, we'll be doing rotational grazing. Um, so 
uh, animals move quickly. Alan Savory in um, in South Africa, he he's looked deeply into how African animals um, move with a predator coming up behind them, and so they eat a third, they leave a third, and they trample a third. We also have a yeoman's plow, an Australian invention that uh, lifts and aerates the ground, but but doesn't turn it because we want the soil to be completely covered by grass because grass is very um, carbon sequenting so um as well as trees so hopefully a third of the property will be trees leave two-thirds because grass is actually um, just as um, important in the whole carbon sequestration so good and you've got a bush tucker garden um, tell us a little bit about that yeah so um, unfortunately with um, fractured culture people lose the ability to be able to eat um, and use natives for medicinal and food um, reasons and so uh, yeah that's sort of my baby but um, definitely to teach whoever needs to learn but also whoever comes along and has something else to teach us uh, so we've probably got over 100 plants in there natives naturally want to grow there because it's um, you know the wind will blow different seeds in so we're giving everything a, an opportunity to to come up by itself or grow things that we we can't grow out there naturally so good and there's a there's a a uh, little farm in the US that does a lot of videos around this sort of thing. Can you just refer people who might be interested to to what's going on over there? Uh, the biggest little farm, yeah. So a young couple moved out of the city because their dog was being noisy. And um, yeah, he's a filmmaker and um, people got behind them. And yeah, and it's amazing film um, where you just see if you if you take one thing out of the ecosystem, how out of balance it could become. And it's a roller coaster and my husband and I when we watched we were you know it was sort of mixed emotions because we have our own feelings of responsibility with 40 acres they had they had a bigger property but um a great film just to see uh two young people loving the earth um and yeah just really trying to do something with a small piece of ground um to make a difference so good so check that out um it'd be great to watch and hear a bit of that story Uncle Graham, again, in that same book, wrote that traditional Aboriginal mythology teaches Aboriginal people that the environment is the result of and a gift from uh, our ancestral heroes. We are also taught, he wrote, that uh, we have a a stewardship responsibility for the environment. And I love this next little sentence from him. Consequently, the value is adaptation to the environment rather than a change or manipulation of the environment. So he's saying um, Aboriginal land care, custodianship, stewardship, whatever you might want to say, was really about uh, adaptation more than manipulation. So have you got any reflections on that, Vicky? Mm. Yeah, again, I think Aboriginal people um, ate in season. They ate, you know, what was given to them by the native plants and animals and um, you know, and uh, Bruce Pascoe has written, you know, a great book and, you know, debunking myths about them being nomadic and um, and not planning because they were planners. They would, you know, herd animals into pens and, um, and they would, you know, have agriculture and things, but they did it um, with a great sensitivity to the environment and, and a love for the environment because they had they had no other choice. They couldn't bring food in from another country if they, you know, if they wrecked the soil and, you know, m- most civilizations that have um, perished in the past has been due to soil health. So they knew they knew they had to move on or or look after what they had to make sure that it was there for the future. 
Now, um, I grew up in um, a family that's perhaps quite typical in Australia. We, we sort of um, use resources and don't think too much about the very things that Vicky's talking about. That's why I love her ideas and how they, they challenge and help me grow in the way I think about things. But there is um, a contemporary industrialized mindset, which I think is something that I've had, where we think about the land so much differently than Aboriginal people or even medieval people did. And the difference really is about sustainability and how we see the earth and what it's for. So can you just develop a little bit more for us, Vicky, that idea of how this industrialized mindset is unhelpful and what an alternative is? Yeah. So that was um, Charles Massey, um, call of the reed warbler. He, he called it the emergent mind. So you come from a mechanical mind to an emergent mind. And basically it's just using science um, with the old traditional ways of caring and working with, with nature. Permaculture, permanent agriculture is very similar where they, um, you know, they work with nature and they, they have a closed, um, s- closed um, circle. So they keep all of their waste uh, wherever they're growing. And a lot of times you'll grow something and you'll, mo- you know, you'll move the byproduct off the property and it's, it's composted or something somewhere else. So your ground is, to- you know, always being, something's always being taken from it. So this emergent mind is basically, it's a bit like Wendell Berry, he calls it the agrarian mind. It's, it's um, having a new mindset, not of using up, not of being a consumer, but actually caring and reconnecting, knowing where your food's coming from. And it, it's funny, like we're not trying to be self-sustainable at Bethel because we, we need to be connected with others. But we're trying to, we're trying to have a closed system where um, we keep we keep our waste on our own property. We don't, we don't give it to someone else to deal with. Um, and just really look to what the earth's needing. You know, you, you do what you might do something to the ground and then you watch, you watch what happens, you know, watch what weed comes up, a weed comes up because it's trying to heal the ground. So you either, you know, make a weed tea and tip it back on the ground. So the nutrients going into the ground or you, um, you know, leave the weed and leave the weed to kind of do what the earth's, you know, how it's trying to heal the earth. So good. So there's a lot of ancient wisdom that um, we can tap into. And there's a lot of interest actually in this topic at the moment. And those people who are listening, this might pique some interest for you. So there's ancient wisdom there that perhaps a few of us are just learning about or beginning to access. Um, What are some other ancient practices around land care, Vicky, that interest you? you? You may not have yet had the opportunity or it might not even be possible to practice this at Bethel but what, what are some of those things that are stirring your interest at the moment? I think since the last fires um, in Australia I think the fire management and we're, we're not big enough for that we're, we're called a brittle ground so we need animals um, to actually heal our ground um, so but I think yeah there's definitely a, a, a renewed interest in Aboriginal uh, fire stick farming and and caring for the land. So good. So there's a there's a one example at least of how perhaps ancient wisdom may have uh, contemporary relevance now that we see. Oh, hang on, maybe what we're doing at the moment isn't 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 any good, and we can learn from the past, which is so cool. Well, Bethel is out near Dolby. So those of you who don't know the geography, it's about three hours west of Brisbane. And um, this property is just in the beginning stages in many ways of, of a renewal process that's going on there. 
I'd love to hear some of your dreams for Bethel, uh, whether they're to do with people and also the land itself. If you just as you think about the years, because it takes time and, and it's a patient journey that that you're on. Um, what are some of the dreams and hopes that you have for for Bethel out there? Yeah, for sure. There's a Japanese proverb, and it's um, the best time to plant a tree is um, 20 years ago or today. And we don't have the benefit of 20 years ago, so. Uh, we have been planting though for four years and we've got some beautiful trees growing. So trees are definitely uh, the way forward for us. And I won't probably get to enjoy them as much as I would like to, but we definitely have younger people coming through that are going to enjoy trees. Um, CSIRO say look 100 kilometers west and that'll be your, your climate in 20 years. So we'll be arid. Uh, we're subtropical at the moment. Um, so we're really um, preparing for the next 20 years, um, planning on the western um, boundaries and trying to cool the place down so that it will be a blessing to many people I think um, if I'm going to dream you know big crazy dreams I think it's I think it's people who just need to come away from the busyness of life and for however long you know for however long period of time um, and whatever number and whatever age um, but just reconnecting reconnecting with animals with the earth um, and the creator we say connecting with creator and creation and um, yeah and especially for people who don't feel like they might fit into mainstream churches I think um, God is everywhere he wants to speak to you he wants to love us and have a relationship with us and he does do that through the smallest insect insect to the largest animal so I think a, a free space where people can come and and be in community Dian is a small community that um, go out there and work on the place and we have people come and go um, and everybody who comes and goes says it's a very healing place healing because I think a lot of a lot of um, hardship happens with people and I think the actual healing comes through people in a community that love each other that are really trying to um, walk forward together and, and heal from past hurts so good well we're about to wrap up this uh great chat with vicky williams and uh but i want to finish off with um giving vicky the opportunity to share one lesson uh a wisdom lesson uh that she's picked up uh that can perhaps help someone else on their journey because uh we're all we're all a bit on the road and we're at different stages and we learn from different people and sometimes there's something that just sticks with us that helps us out right now what, what's some life wisdom that you'd like to offer uh, to people who are listening in? I think I feel very blessed that I've been able to reconnect um, the earthy part of me. You know, it's not, it's not bad. It's not against what God wants. He made me this way. And so, uh, you know, I just, I just want other people to be able to feel free to um, reconnect maybe that bit that you felt like hasn't been acceptable or you know not doesn't fit into the normal Christian tradition so good well you've been listening to the Red Dirt Nation podcast and Vicki Williams has been my guest my name's Warren Crank thanks for listening and we'll chat sometime down the track see ya <laughs>